just allowing and softening and knowing that it comes in waves. You have the wave of opportunity, you have the wave of love, you have the wave of catastrophe, the wave of conflict, the wave of resilience, the wave wave of resentment. It all comes in waves, but after every wave is another wave. And so what that means is that nothing is super static. You're listening to the Well Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. Welcome back to the Well Woman Podcast. This is episode 242, and this is a solo episode. Last week, we kicked off our new pregnancy series, where we're interviewing a bunch of different experts in all the things that I really wish I had known before pregnancy, that I think are really great educational points and topics to bring up and bring to light and life. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking more about my trimester two experience. So I'm at the tail end of my trimester two right now. Last week's episode to kick off the series was all about my preconception journey, conception and the first trimester experience. So this episode, we're talking about the second trimester. And there's so much unraveling around the the mind, the heart, you know, the energy, everything that goes with pregnancy. And it's really interesting. I, I envisage recording this episode with my partner, Brenton, and doing this together, but he's been traveling a lot, going through his own pregnancy experience. And with that travels come all of his work that he does. And so he's not actually been here to record the episode. So I was like, you know what? fuck it. I'm just going to do it on my own. So here we are. And really beautifully at this second trimester, I've learned so much about myself more than I've probably ever learned before. Every single day I, I wake up in this second trimester, I'm asking myself the question about, okay, how am I tuning in and checking in today? Now that's a question I obviously ask myself throughout my menstrual cycle well before pregnancy too, but particularly during pregnancy, it's a question that I'm asking myself a lot more and not just every morning, but throughout the day, checking in and asking how am I tuning in and checking in and honoring myself. And the reason why is this second trimester has been very dynamic, very different and all over the place. So I'm going to share with you a little bit about energy and sleep, a little bit about body image and the transitions with body image, surrendering and letting go and how how I'm working with that and working on that. We'll talk about sickness. We'll talk about some of the actual pregnancy things that I've done at this particular time of my pregnancy, preparing for for the birth, knowing that it's, God, you know, three months away, which feels ridiculously soon and how I've really honored myself in this transition into the second trimester. So, Let's kick it off, hey? Let's talk about one of the things that I have found probably the most challenging is the growing and changing body. Now, naturally, of course, we know that pregnancy means that you've got things moving inside you. So your organs are moving to make way for your placenta. Your placenta is growing, your baby's growing, and there's lots happening. So physically, your body changes. Your boobs change. Everything about the womanly essence of your body changes. Now, for me... I've really never had boobs my whole life. You know, I've always been a smaller cup size and right now adjusting my clothing to suit 
bigger breasts is definitely a body image thing for me. And whilst I feel way like so feminine in my body, the most I've ever felt ever really in the feminine, physically in the form of the body is it's a beautiful experience, but it's also very confronting when you just need to go catch up with girlfriends and you're like, what the fuck am I going to (laughs) wear? And something you should probably know about me is I'm the type of person who's very minimalistic. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not someone that needs a lot of things. I don't need a lot of clothes or the latest fashion or, you know, new outfits all the time. So for me, you know, approaching this stage of my pregnancy, knowing that really nothing fits me anymore. You know, I've gone from being like a size 10 ish, sometimes an eight, sometimes a 12, depending on the brand, but size 10 to like a size 16, size 18 in my underwear. Cause I had to go buy new underwear. And it's very humbling knowing that this isn't a forever process. This is just right now process. And so with that comes the first lesson of letting go and surrendering. And this entire trimester has really been about that surrendering and letting go. So let's talk about how I entered the trimester. So the end of my first trimester was really, you know, was a very big peak. I saw a closing of a cyclical school program that I was running. My sister got married. There was lots of stuff going on at that time. And I'm very grateful that I had the foresight, my past self to support my future self, that my partner and I had planned to go away camping for a little bit. Now, you might say camping while pregnant. Would you do that? Well, I love camping. So for me, that was a great holiday. I love being in nature, sleeping under the stars, under the moons, whatever the moon is at the time, and really being with the the natural essence of, of light. So daylight to, to moonlight and being on the ground and being barefoot and swimming in the ocean. And so I was really grateful that I had that foresight to plan that time off because what I really needed was some time off my computer. <laughs> I work on my computer almost every day. So for me, no screen time was a big thing because I was starting to get some hormonal migraines, you know, and regardless of what you do, acupuncture is very supportive for me, you know, drinking lots of water, getting enough minerals, making sure I'm, you know, having salts on my food, etc. It's just not enough to like, just turn off your computer. So turning off my computer was really, really refreshing. And so I began this second trimester with a real fresh leaf of pregnancy. It was roughly around two weeks. It wasn't all at once. We went on two separate breaks, but roughly it was away over two weeks period of time and celebrated my birthday. So I turned 37. Now, very interestingly, and I talked about this briefly last episode in 241, is that, you know, I'm a 37-year-old woman, also considered a geriatric mother, pregnant, intentionally home birthing. So there's a whole bunch of the mind fuck that goes into that, let's just say. So this turning of becoming 37 for me and celebrating this birthday in a place where I had always wanted to celebrate a birthday with people who I love very dearly, doing what I love, being by the ocean, watching animals like whales and dolphins and beautiful birds and swimming in the water really made me reflect that this would be the last birthday that I would have where the only person I need to care about and focus on is myself. And so what is that going to look like next year? So that transition and that experience was a really humbling one as my body was growing and changing, you know, getting up from a rooftop tent (laughs) three or four times a night to go to the toilet, climbing down the stairs and in the dark and all that, you know, was a really beautiful lesson. Taught me lots of humble slowness, let's call it. So through that process, I've been really working with 
how much I love my body unconditionally, regardless of how much it's actually shifting and changing. So let's talk about that for a second. Is that, you know, if you were to stop going to the gym or exercising or doing yoga or Pilates, whatever your chosen form of movement is, if you were to stop doing that and not do anything for two months, how would you feel in your body? Like if we think about body image, how would you feel allowing your body to just be? Yeah, go about your daily life, but just not going on with the movement and the focused movement as much. So yeah, still walking the bins out to the front yard or cleaning up around your house or you know, daily activities, but actually going somewhere to exercise in inverted brackets. How would that really make you feel? Like just sit with that for a moment. How would that really make you feel? This is how I described it to Brendan. I said, it's like, you know, all your life. So for me, you know, since the age of 13, 14, I've been really heavily involved in sport, thus moving my body. And I wouldn't call it sport anymore, but moving and, you know, using my body to be, you know, be expressive in whatever form that was. And so now 37, many, many moons later, more than 20 years, I've really had a solid movement practice in my life for 20 years. And now I don't have that. And whilst I would love to be moving my body during my second trimester, I've really had to learn to surrender and soften because my particular body um, shape and type are more hypermobile. So I need to be doing more strength exercise. But on top of that, I don't have the energy to do that on top of everything else that I do in my day. So it's really about finding this balance. And so I've learned to have to just let it go that, hey, this is a temporary experience, pregnancy, and that I need to surrender into what is really going to best serve my body right now. Is it forcing myself to go to a Pilates class or go to a gym or go for a long walk, whatever it might be for you? For me personally, I do one to two yoga practices a week, which is very different considering I used to practice six times a week. (laughs) And I walk a lot more than I used to every day because I was doing other practices. And I've in general taken more time off from doing those things because I found if I was going for a 90 minute walk in the morning, I might've had all that energy then, but then I would fade really hard in the afternoon, which is not really what I wanted. So for me personally, exploring and experimenting with what's really serving me has been a big art and lesson. And the first thing it's taught me is about letting go that it's okay to not have to do things the way you've always done them and to learn a new way. So for me in the second trimester, that's been learning a new way to sleep. So support my body physically when I sleep, propping myself up with extra pillows making sure that I'm comfortable and that, you know, I'm rotating from side to side because I can no longer back sleep, of course, can't front sleep. And so like, that's a really big transition in itself. So letting go of that and resting as much as I can. And so what that looks like is that, you know, if I feel really exhausted and I know having a 30 minute lie down is going to really boost me and it's what my body's calling for that, Hey, that's okay to do that. It's okay. I'm grateful that I have developed a business that allows me to do that. Not every day, don't get me wrong, it's not every day, but there are days when I can say, hey, look, I just need to do no no work today and surrendering and letting go. And all of this is about letting go because I know come birth time and baby arriving and then postpartum is that there's going to be a really big 
transition of also letting go. And I'm a big believer as our my beautiful teacher, Jane, who's going to be our guest next week on the show for episode 243 teachers is that, you know, your pregnancy teaches you the lessons you need to learn to become the mother that your baby needs to be birthed by. And so that's what I'm learning right now. I'm learning that around my physical body. I'm learning that around my movement practices. I'm also learning that around food, eating more meals, smaller meals, more throughout the day, and really surrendering into things that I wouldn't normally do pre-pregnancy in my daily life, just looking after myself, but have been really supportive for me. So something that I found great in the second trimester is one, taking some time off and really regrounding and reconnecting with my body because I did that it's brought to light the ever-growing changes in my physical body. And along with the ever-growing changes, I've had to learn to really let go and surrender. And that's that the meeting point of having gratitude and then also some resistance. So abundance of gratitude around so grateful to be pregnant, so grateful to have an to have had an easeful conception, which I worked many, many years at achieving. So grateful to have a body that can carry pregnancy and that feels capable and, you know, possible, but also the resistance of like, but I've always practiced yoga. Why can't I practice yoga anymore? Or the resistance of like, why can't I stay up past 7.30 at night? Because I'm just so exhausted. I need to go to bed. So there's this, this you know, headbutting experience where the only way through it is exactly that, through it. So something that I always love is the practice of that when challenge arises in the mental form and an emotional form is that how can I sit with that challenge and see deeper inside the challenge as opposed to avoiding the challenge and going on with something else. And so that's been a really big practice and insight for me. I've also found myself in this second trimester being very homebody. (laughs) I have really got into like making food at home. That sounds so weird. Don't you normally make any food at home, Gemma? More so like experimenting with different foods to make at home, like making new desserts that I wouldn't normally make, trying new dinner meals that I wouldn't wouldn't make or haven't made before, you know, really wanting to make things. So like I made heaps of sauerkraut, for example, and I've recently stocked our freezer with a bunch of different foods, making cookies and baking and doing a lot more homebody stuff. I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course, a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with action steps, cycle tracking guides, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish you had have been taught at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and your cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over thousands of women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. Use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off at wellsome.com forward slash shop. Now, along with that also comes the prep of, okay, well, baby's going to be arriving soon. So what do we need to actually prepare for that? And that's a whole nother topic for a podcast episode potentially, but I'm a big believer that 
we don't really need a lot of things. And as a beautiful guest of ours, Michelle Plasasia, who is going to be joining us in this particular series a little bit later on, she shares is that, you know, the only thing your baby really needs is you and your partner. Like that's it. Everything else is optional. (laughs) And I love that she says that because there are so many things that are optional and we don't need all the stuff in inverted brackets because stuff can be very cluttering. So with my minimalistic approach, it's like, how can we really have a supportive experience with a baby with what we really need rather than the things that we think we're going to need? So I've been preparing and part of that with the making things has been making things, just that. You know, that's seen me pull out my sewing machine, make some baby swaddles, some wraps, um, you know, new baby lounge covers. And that's a skill set that I have thanks to a very, you know, many, many moons ago career that I had in fashion where I studied fashion and worked in the fashion industry where I learned how to sew from a very young age. And so I'm very grateful that I have that skill. So being a homebody has been really, really beautiful for me. And it's really meant that I've been able to nest whilst also nest in my body and feel confident, confident and comfortable in my body. So let's talk about some of the things that I've actually done around pregnancy itself. So second trimester for some people can mean a lot of different things, but what it's meant for me is we've chosen to have one scan and that scan was our halfway point scan, you could call it, even though I was very delayed at organizing it. So it wasn't exactly halfway. It was a bit over halfway. And it's one of the reasons why I chose that I, well, I elected, you could say, to do the scan is I really wanted to know where my placenta was placed in my uterus. Knowing that I'm home birthing, that felt really good for me to know that. And of course, my partner was just so excited to see a baby. And for me, that experience of having that scan was the, oh my God, this is why my body has been so fucking exhausted and drained for so many weeks because there's this thing inside me. And because that was the first time we'd really seen the baby, you could say, through a scan and seen that like it's there, it has all of its limbs, its limbs are inside its body. It has all of its phalanges, so its fingers and toes. It has its limbs. It has all of its vertebrae and its spine. has beautiful ribs. Yeah, that was really beautiful to see, but it also was a bit of a, like an aha moment for me where the penny dropped and I was like, oh my God, that's what my body's been doing. Like, how did that grow in such a short period of time? Oh, that's right. That's why you were nauseous and you vomited that time at the beach and you have been really restless at night and peeing a lot and have had, you know, uncomfortable sleeps and body changes. And so for me, I was like, wow, there's like, it's kind of like being teased with the goal, like the end, like the end in mind. It's like, you know, you're planning this amazing holiday and then your best friend goes there before you do. And they come home teasing you about how great the holiday is. That's what it kind of felt like. I was like, oh, okay. I can see what the end picture in mind here, literally. And that was really rewarding for both me and Brenton. And so that was one of the things that I chose. Now, towards the the middle to like end part of the second trimester, I actually got quite sick, not sick through pregnancy, but actually sick through some kind of virus or sinusy thing that I picked up. And this was such a huge, huge lesson to me. And I really want to share this story with you because 
as you can hear that I still have a bit of a cough, when you're sick and pregnant at the same time and not sick because of pregnancy, but different sick and then also pregnant, it really brings home the lesson that like, this isn't just your body anymore. Like what I would normally do, I wasn't able to always do all of those things because I now have a baby in a placenta and it's, it was very humbling. So my partner and I, we decided to go to Victoria The reason why we wanted to go there is I'm originally from there many, many, many years ago. I moved when I was a little kid to where I live now. And there was some beautiful family that I hadn't seen since before COVID. And I had some friends at Brenton's that I still hadn't met yet. So, because he used to live there too. So we wanted to go down and have some time just for ourselves as a, you know, a last city holiday, you could say on a plane. So we flew there and we were there for five days and I got sick on the first day. Who knows what it was? I didn't test for anything because, you know, what's the point? Like in my mind, I'm like, the test is just going to show me something that I already know I'm sick. I can't do any of the things that other people might do for sicknesses because I'm pregnant. So I might as well just be with it. Yeah. You know, the only way through it is through it. So I had the worst sneezing. I sneezed so much and coughed so much that I popped an eardrum I kind of burnt the skin on the inside of my nose because I was sneezing and blowing my nose so much and very, very hard to sleep at night. And so what that lesson taught me whilst not being in my own location, so not being at home, having access to like a kitchen to like brew my own tea and re- or having a kitchen to make my own food, you know, like just like a nice soup or like some beautiful kitchery to feel really nourished is I had to really surrender to the fact that what can I do right now that's going to support me that I know that can help and that my body's going to be really benefited by? And so that was a big lesson is that, you know, sometimes you don't have access to all the things that you need and it's okay to let that go. It's okay to let go of the fact that what you would normally do, you can't do right now. And that's that part of that letting go and surrender lesson, which has been the biggest lesson in the second trimester. And not just the lesson around your body image changing and clothes not fitting and, you know, just how you sleep at night changes, but every single aspect of this second trimester has been really humbling with many, many teachings around surrendering and letting go. So it's kind of like the shadow arises for the work to be done and the work that needs to be done is letting go. Oh, but didn't we let go last week? Oh, fuck. That's right. We have to let go again. So it's continually just surrendering to letting go and letting go. Now, because of, you know, falling sick and being sick for a couple of weeks, it meant that I was coughing a lot, which I was very concerned about like, okay, how's the baby going with me coughing and bearing down a little bit every cough? And, you know, when I was a child, I had whooping cough. So when I do get a cough, I get quite a deep cough. And there's no none of this <laughs> kind of coughing. It really like gets me hard. So when I, you know, was coughing, I was very confused about that. And that made me think about my pelvic floor. So the next thing that I did in second trimester, which is really, they're the only two things that I've done in second trimester around like pregnancy, you could say, or for pregnancy experience was the scan. And then also going to see a pelvic floor physio. Now, interestingly, and I wanted to bring this up in this particular episode because this can be very confronting for a lot of people and not a lot of people would have even have thought about going to a pelvic floor physio. I'm personally not a pelvic floor physio like therapist. I've not studied physiotherapy. 
I actually didn't know anyone else who was a pelvic floor physio. So I really had to do some research to find who in my area could I go and see who could be great care and support throughout this time of pregnancy and postpartum. And so I was really, very, very thankful. I found a beautiful woman called Kat. And the reason why I believe a lot of people have some hesitancy in seeing a pelvic floor physio, because it can bring up a lot of triggering around getting a pap smear. And most of the clients I've ever worked with have never had a really great pap smear experience. And, you know, I can say that too. I've had, I would say I've not had terrible experiences, but at the same time, they're always just a little bit uncomfortable. So why would a woman go to something that's going to make her feel uncomfortable? And that sometimes can also be a pelvic floor physio visit. Now, the reason why that is, is pelvic floor physios, they can do external assessment, but they can also do internal assessment, which is internal vaginal assessment of your pelvic floor muscles. Now, for me, at this particular time of my second trimester, I was like, well, I've been coughing for two weeks, bearing down as they call it. I'm naturally in my body, I have a very long body and I have long ligaments, which means that I'm more hypermobile. Because I'm more hypermobile, bearing down and coughing could actually be very detrimental to my pelvic floor health and potential to lead to a prolapse. So I really wanted to get an understanding. And I'm, if you've, if you've learned anything about me from being a, like a listen to this podcast episode, and again, thanks for being here and listening to me rant about these random things is that I like preventative measure. I'm very passionate about seeing people, even though I'm already healthy, for prevention of things that may occur in the future, but also continue to keep my health at a high standard and a high level. So for me, that's what I saw going to a pelvic floor physio like. So for me, I actually had a really good experience with this pelvic floor physio, and I'll be going back to see her a couple more times before birth to help with birth prep. But a pelvic floor physio can help you understand where your strength is and where your weaknesses are in your pelvic floor, but also where your body's weakness when it comes to birth or strength is. So I'll give you an example. A weakness when it comes to birth could be the fact that you don't know how to use your breath to open and relax. So that could be a weakness for you. A strength would be knowing how to use your breath to open and relax. So the opposite. Another thing is a weakness could be the fact that you have naturally a very short vaginal canal. And some I teach a lot about this in, in coaching work and in fertility work about knowing the height of your cervix is that if you have a very short vaginal canal, that could be a weakness because you could be more prone for a prolapse as opposed to it being a pro, like a strength that you've got a higher placed cervix. So these are all great things that I learned at my pelvic floor physio appointment. And I, I saw both getting the scan as a, as a mental and emotional prep for me, and then having this awareness around my pelvic floor and what can I do to help support my pelvic floor now so that after birth, I have a, you know, a good transition into healing post-birth with, you know, separation of muscles, expansion of muscle, and then contraction of muscle. So, you know, preparation is key in my mind and being really aware of like what you can do is important. There's many other things you could do as well, but these are really important things. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned in this last episode of episode 241, where I talked about that preconception, conception, and first trimester journey 
is I've been seeing my my chiropractor and I've been seeing him for coming upon two years now, not because I have an issue, inverted brackets, I say issue because a lot of people call them issues, but I like to call it a challenge with my spine or my posture, but was more so around the fact that I really wanted to make sure that my pelvic bowl, which is then lined with pelvic floor muscles, was a, was actually aligned. I didn't have a right side pelvis up above and a left side pelvis lower. And the reason why I wanted to know that is because the more balanced the bowl is, <laughs> the the more, how, what's the right way to say this? The more balanced the bowl is, the easier transition the baby can have and the less challenge on the baby in finding its way through that birthing canal. So if it's a little bit off center, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see my hands, but if it's a little bit off center, the baby has to move through on an angle. If you're more balanced, the baby actually just has no angle to move through. It can just move through. So for me, knowing that and already seeing my Cairo every fortnight for that support, but also seeing a pelvic floor physio has really well prepared me in knowing what I can do to support my body, what I can do for myself, what I need additional support with, and so much more. So these are the things that have really kind of allowed me to strengthen my awareness of birthing and my my body knowledge. So the more I know my body, and like, don't forget, I haven't approached the birth altar by by the time of recording this episode, it's still 2023, is that by the more I can know about my personal body and the more I can build a relationship with my body, knowing when I can inhale and exhale, when I can tighten and open, when I can have balance and feel imbalanced, the more I'm going to be mentally prepared that I know when I get to the birth altar, that if I have a blockage, that it's not a physical body blockage, it's a mental or emotional blockage. And so with the right team of support, I can move through that. Whereas sometimes if there's an actual physical blockage and you can't do anything about it physically, it's going to be much more challenging to move through that. So for me, it's important to be wise and to be to have foresight into where you're going and the direction that that that's in. And that's what's really been my one of my focuses in the second trimester, along with loving the fuck out of my body. So let's talk about body love now. We started off with body image and the changing body. So I'd love for the body for every pregnant woman looks slightly different, but for me personally, so far, it has been doing things that make my body feel great. So getting massages regularly, swimming in the water, salt water. So you've got a little bit more balance is what I prefer. Buoyancy, I should say, than balance. And, you know, being able to lay on my belly, going to the beach, digging a, a hole in the sand laying on my front for like five or 10 minutes on my, with my belly, my baby in the hole in the sand. Oh, it's so refreshing, you know, just to have a different way of lying down or sitting. What else have I been doing to love my body? Nurturing my body with amazing food. So, you know, if I really want to eat that beautiful smoked salmon that the guy at the farmer's market, you know, makes with lion caught salmon from New Zealand, I'm going to spend the $30, which is a lot of money, <laughs> on the really fucking good salmon. And so I also see that as body love because if I feel super nourished in myself, my baby will also be nourished, but also I will feel nourished in my heart and my soul. 
So body love is important. And above all, I think one of the biggest things when it comes to the second trimester experience and the transition is knowing, okay, well, if I'm feeling conflicted in my mind, this isn't the first time in history any pregnant person has been through this. This is not the first time. So what is it that I can do to help me feel supported, help me feel open and connected? And sometimes that looks like just feeling heard. So there's been times where I've had an an amazing emotional breakdown about the fact that I have nothing to wear and not even my undies fit me and my bathers don't even fit me anymore. And, you know, and just saying to my partner when he offers, hey, well, what can I do to help? He say, hey, look, I just want you to listen. I don't want you to fix my problems or my situation or try to. It can't be fixed. It just needs to be faced. I'm facing it. But what would be really supportive is if you just held space for me to just let go. And so sometimes that's meant me just sitting there and just bawling my eyes out whilst he rubs my back. Yeah. Or like, you know, holds my neck or tells me he loves me or just listens with open heart and open space. And I think we could all do with that a little bit more. Yeah. Just allowing and softening and knowing that it comes in waves. You have the wave of opportunity. You have the wave of love. You have the wave of catastrophe the wave of conflict, the wave of resilience, the wave wave of resentment, it all comes in waves, but after every wave is another wave. And so what that means is that nothing is super static. Everything is in motion and moving, just like emotion, energy in motion. So the more we can, as our body's evolving and growing and changing and all these things are happening and the baby's kicking the fuck out of me and I'm like, oh, i got to go to the toilet again because it's kicking my bladder and oh, those farts aren't mine, they're the babies (laughs) Uh, because all the pressure on my colon is that just knowing that that's not going to last forever. It's a moment to moment experience. And I think for me, not that I've reached this part of pregnancy and birthing yet, is that I'm really feeling that's very supportive for me on my journey to the birth altar is that, hey, this isn't, this contraction is not going to last forever. This stage of labor is not going to last forever. I'm just doing one thing and moving to the next thing. And before you know it, time passes really, really quickly. So my biggest recap for you when it comes to the second trimester, because I'll end ranting for you, is to get some support. And that support is for your physical body. Prioritize physical body support. That might be looking to hire a masseuse and get a massage once a month or asking your best friend for a massage, you know, asking your partner for a massage or someone close to you who you feel comfortable and safe and supported by being touched by. Um, Maybe it is getting acupuncture. Maybe it is seeing a chiropractor. Maybe it is getting support with a pelvic floor physio. Whatever it is, get some actual support Get some mental support, physical support, emotional support, nutritional support. These are the things that I've found really, really beneficial. And on top of that, a couple of other things that I've absolutely loved at this particular time of my pregnancy to wrap it up is I brought a body bolster. Yeah, it's not a full bolster like a yoga bolster. It's like a bolster that you could sleep with. So it's kind of a little bit like a pillow, but not a body pillow, just a little bit shorter. That's been very helpful in helping me make sure I don't lay on my back too much and that I have some support on my side. Love that. Also supporting, you know, with something in between my knees when I sleep. So it helps with my pelvis alignment because 
my pelvis is realigning at the moment, (laughs) making sure that I get a nap where I can, when I can. It's not every day. It's not every day in a row, (laughs) but when I can, where I can, making sure I'm doing things for myself by myself. So that means going for a walk or a swim at the beach by myself. When my partner is away for work, making sure I'm doing something nice for myself because these little moments, if you're birthing for the first time, might be not the last time, but will be more challenging to have access to in the future. So I've just been really loving those moments. So that's another little small thing. Start thinking about what foods really help you feel super nurtured and nourished and start nesting. Yeah, in a way that serves you because not everyone's a creative nester. I would consider myself a creative nester, but find a way that really serves you. So that's a wrap for this episode, learning all about second trimester and what you can do to support yourself in the process of surrendering and letting go. Over the next 10 plus weeks, we have an amazing lineup of speakers joining us to talk about really important topics. So next week we have Jane Hardwick Collings coming to talk about shamanic dimensions of pregnancy and birth. We have a beautiful friend of mine, Mia Robertson, coming to talk about nutrition for preconception and pregnancy. We have the food doula, Lindsay Taylor, talking about cravings and staying balanced nutritionally while we're pregnant. We have my darling friend, Halia, talk about having a soul-filled pregnancy and the journey of that. Plus, we talk about sleep. We have an amazing episode about fatherhood and preparing for transitions for men into fatherhood, matrix essence, birthing at home, movement and pregnancy, and lots more. So thanks for being here and listening to this episode. And I will see you next week for episode 243 with my beautiful teacher, Jane Hardwick Collings. Thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the Well Woman Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. If this episode excited you, please hit follow on Spotify, which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly so you never miss a weekly drop. I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. Love this episode? Come and follow me over on Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemily. Say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me. Now, is there a bestie, sister, or a friend who you know who might be fed up, frustrated, and confused with their cycles? Are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your socials, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to them. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our cycles. Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.